Welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. The Improver Network mission is to make the world better by helping faith-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, and small business owners improve personally and professionally. Finding balance and maintaining focus in a world of distractions and discouragement can be challenging and frustrating, but we're here to help you discover your purpose, become more productive, and reach your true potential. Now here's your host, Justin Winstead. Well, hello and welcome to the Improver Network podcast. I am here with Chris Graby and excited to have him on as a guest today. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Hey, hey, Justin. Good to see you, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. This is going to be a good one. I've been looking at this one ever since we booked it. Actually, ever since I bought your book, and we're going to get into that later. But ever since I bought your book, man, I'm like, ah, we got to get him on and and do the podcast. And so uh, good to see you, man. Good to connect. We're going to have a blast here uh, with this conversation. Hey, so let's just start out with a little bit of an introduction. Tell our listeners as little or as much as you want to tell us about yourself, about who you are, what you do, personal and professional. Who's Chris? Yeah, well, <clears throat> absolutely. Well, um, I know you and I got to meet years ago in DFW, uh, which is neat. So um, I currently live just south of Nashville, Tennessee with my beautiful wife of almost 20 years. And we got five awesome kids. And uh, we've got five-year-old all the way to 17-year-old, man. So I'm, I am in the thick of it and we're having fun. Uh, big fan of Jesus. Love him changed my life when I was 21. I always like to tell people I've lived a very Forrest Gump type life. <laughs> I've done kind of pretty much everything and so much so I, I married a lady by the name of Jenny. So ah. I got myself a Jenny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, grew up small town, Indiana. Um, didn't realize that, that, that I needed to break out of that small town until I left it and, and then started traveling the world. Went to college that didn't last very long and then ended up on a TV show, reality TV show on MTV many years ago called Road Rules. So um, if anybody who's <clears throat> in the older demo, they'll know real world, <laughs> real world and Road Rules and I was a cast member on that show. Opened up a lot of doors for me to travel and speak, ended up in the nonprofit sector, specifically was a pastor for a really long time. Uh, I did my later years, you know, as this thing called the internet began to evolve in our lives. I mean, for those listening, I, I was a kid who had a telephone with a mile long cord on the wall in the kitchen. You know, we print out maps. So I got to see all of that as a kid, but then, you know, we, we live in this weird world where everything's kind of evolved. And so I started to discover this idea of entrepreneurship and business. And I was always a side hustler. And then, you know, you get YouTube out there and guess what you feel, you can do whatever. So um, while I was pastoring there in DFW, I built a Amazon private label business when I would call the wild west of the Amazon world, but when everybody didn't even really know that was a thing. And so started it, launched it, saw a lot of success. And then ultimately decided <clears throat> with five kids, it was like, hey, let's, let's jump out of this comfortable, safe, happy, benefits life <laughs> let's go take a wild ride and my wife um thankfully said yes and since then it has been a awesome exciting ride in that time period my wife and i launched a podcast uh, the podcast is called the rhythm of us we have been approached by a publisher 
I'm sure you're referencing the book in the front end. And we are, we've signed a two book deal with the publisher. The first book is out. It's called The Rhythm of Us. And the second book is literally being turned into the publisher. The, the first round of the manuscripts being turned into the publisher in two days. So as we talk right now, my wife is writing like crazy. And I'm sure when I get off here, I'll have to start writing some more as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's that world. And then I have a whole nother world where I get to flex my entrepreneurial muscles and I help early stage startup companies raise money. So mm -hmm. got my hands in everything. Again, Forrest Gump, Mary yeah. Jenny, blessed. I love it, man. I, I can relate to a lot of that. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, I think I have a little bit of life ADD. <laughs> you know, right. it's just like, For sure, uh, you know, like, yeah, it keeps it interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, one of the questions we like to ask in the intro section is if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? It's kind of funny because I had already tweaked it for you. I was going to say, if you had to write another book tomorrow, what would you write about? And you're already on that. So if you had to write a third book. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you know. well, I mean, I, like I said, there's there's kind of these two. The beauty of it is I get to go down this track with Jenny. And, you know, our first one was about marriage. The second one's about family. But if I was going to go into the world of entrepreneurship, um, there'd be two different books that I would write. Well, yeah, well, probably there's, there's multiple books. The first one would be a book uh, called Meek and Wild. It's this idea of if everyone's heard the term meek before, like, you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. It mm -hmm. was a old uh, gospel hymn long, long time ago. But, you know, I think people don't understand that the term meek basically means taking a wild stallion and harnessing its power. And I think a lot of times um, in our younger days, we don't understand how to become meek and be power under control and be harnessed. And then in our latter days, uh, we become mild, right? We become tame, become scared, we become timid because we don't want to lose whatever we built or we like our comfortable jobs. I think if we can be power under control, but at the same time, stay wild and dream big dreams, that's a book I would write. And probably specifically would be, I mean, I think it could benefit a bunch of people, but it would more than likely be, um, you know, for men. And then the second one would be a book called The Forest Effect in this vein of the Forrest Gump type life that I've lived and the various seasons and experiences and life that I've lived that have ultimately led me to the path where I am here today. And there's a lot of people that um, look so random and they are so random in their life. And I want to try this and I want to try that. And those people who are wired going like, no one gets me <laughs> the way that I'm wired. And they, have a hard time staying focused on the thing, but ultimately they're learning skill sets along the way and helping people kind of be able to figure out how to take all those different pieces and parts from completely different things that they put their hands to and ultimately harness that to focus that so that they can really leverage this, this network effect of life skills to help them be superheroes and super and use their superpowers to win in life. So those would be the two books. Man. That is really cool. Uh, well, I look forward to those. You know, we'll just, uh, I'll get on your automatic buyers list where every time you, you roll one out, we just, uh, it just ships on. So there you go. Love it, man. Really, really excited about that. Well, hey, another thing we like to do here at the front part of the podcast is to do a little segment that tell me something good. And this is just, you're already telling me a lot good here, but tell me something else. Tell me something else good, something that's been a big win, a high point, some really great news. What's something that you are celebrating today? Yeah, I mean, I think for me right now, I am just celebrating. I think 
one of the things I find where I am in life, and I think when I find people who have the most peace in life is when they have nothing left to prove. Mm. They're not trying to prove something to themselves internally or maybe shoot a parent or a, some authority figure that years and years and years ago have gone by. And so I think I've gotten to that place in my life where whatever I would have maybe chased as a younger person, younger man, mm -hmm. for whatever purpose and reason for someone to think I'm this or I'm that, um, I've gotten to that place in my life where um, I have nothing left to prove. I have to prove I, I, have a, I have a beautiful wife that knows I love her. I have five amazing kids that know that I'm not perfect, but they know that I love them. <clears throat> I've built businesses. I've made a lot of money. I've lost money I've just in all the different things. I've, I've had businesses that have been successful and those that have failed. And um, yeah, I've got people that um, are friends that, you know, I have nothing left to prove in my life, mm -hmm. which puts you in this unbelievably peaceful place and gives you, I think, even a a place of strength where it's just like, cool, if that thing doesn't work out, I'm okay with it. My identity is not going to be crushed. And so with all that to say is not really having any much more to prove in my life, mainly mm -hmm. to myself and to anyone who wants to think whatever, that's up to them. Um, but I also look to my kids and my wife and I'm just like, I, I can't believe the life that I have with my wife who is knocked at gorgeous and one of us looks like we did when we got married and one of us doesn't. And it's, she's the one that looks exactly like she, we did 18 plus years ago. <clears throat> I got work to do. My hair is a whole lot grayer and the six packs no longer around, but, um, but I got kids that are healthy and they're beautiful and they're gifted and they're talented. And at the end of the day, um, Jesus has, is, is everything for me. So that, yeah, that's the good that's going on in my life, bro. Yeah, I love that, man. It, um, you know, to be able to have that peace, you know, for a lot of people, uh, that's a peace that they don't understand. It surpasses understanding, right? And, and, and that's a neat deal. I know that um, there is something that was helpful for me to hear whenever I was actually in ministry in my early twenties, and my pastor said something to me, and um, on the one hand, it was super helpful. On the other hand replaying it too much can be super harmful. And the thing that he said was, is he said, uh, you know, Justin just realized the verdict is still out. And, and honestly, I don't even remember the full context of what we were discussing, but I know in that moment, I think I was getting ahead of myself and he was trying to rein me in and give me a little humility to not think that like, and to let me know that some people are still going to see me being young in ministry. Like, Hey, they're going to greet me with skepticism. So it probably was a really good word of caution to me. But one of the things that's happened is, is that that same quote has played out over my life. And, and that's one of those soundtracks like John Acuff talks about that I let replay that's, uh, hey, dude, the verdict is still out. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that I'm out still trying to prove something yeah. to somebody. And that can be a dangerous road to walk down. And so yeah. so I really love uh, love what you're saying there. And that's a that's a big encouragement to me. Um, hey, I want to back up a little bit when you were talking about the books uh, and you were saying the uh, the meek and wild. Uh, you made me think about another book, and then it reminded me that uh, it's connected with yours. So I'm going to tie all this together here. Uh, wild at Heart and yeah. John Eldridge, right? And then uh, that's the same guy. Didn't he write something for your book, or am I getting this confused? No, you're, you're right. Yeah, um, 
his wife, Stacy and him, uh, gracefully endorsed our book. And, um, you know, what was neat is we've just, we've had the opportunity through the years to begin and build a friendship with them. And, you know, <clears throat> first time authors, my wife is, you know, we're a good balance. Um, like I mentioned on the top of the show with you before we got on air here, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants. Let's figure it out. Kind of guy. She's a very <laughs> structured individual. She keeps the wheels on the track around this house for sure. <laughs> I win big or lose big. And she's, she's steady as you go. You know, it's kind of how, how it goes. And so it's a good balance for us. But you know, when we first started writing this book, she, she wants to know like, Hey, what's, what's the process? How does this work? And um, you know, John Eldridge is someone who we deeply and his wife, Stacy, we deeply respect them. And I mean, they've written so many books and ministered to so many people and made such a big impact. And so we were graced with the opportunity to sit down with them and we were in Colorado Springs and they were, you know, they live there. And so we just went and spent a good hour plus with them in a coffee shop and just, and John said, Hey, you know, we said, Hey, how, what's your process to write a book? And he, he just kind of leaned in and started talking. And before I let him go any further, I just set my phone on the coffee table. I pressed record and I just sat back. Yes. I didn't say a word. I didn't stop him. I just let, I let the man dispense his wisdom advice. And so, um, needless to say, uh, when I got done pressing record on that, when it was all done, I have that, have that audio recording it's uh been a valuable resource and tool with us it's such a blessing and honestly probably something people would pay a lot of money for to get access to that information. i was so just we, thinking how much uh, would you charge me to send me a copy of that <laughs> well it's funny man i uh <clears throat> i literally as i shared that story people i tell them i said look uh i will play this for you while you sit in my like in we're us here together in yeah. person but I will not send this thing. <laughs> like I, I can't risk sending it out into the ether because you and I both know oh, what will happen. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Well, speaking of the process of the book, like what's something that just surprised you uh, through the process uh, of the book? What's something that came to light that you learned about yourself or learned about the process? And you're like, man, that was that, that caught me by surprise. Well, I think it's a unique scenario here for, for my wife and I, um, you know, I don't know if you know, there's some just crazy stats. Like the numbers are like, everyone wants to write a book at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. And I think they should, it's a really unique, unique, therapeutic kind of fun way, depending on, you know, what, no matter what you're doing and you, somebody has, you have something to say. And so I think, for us, for Jenny and I, it was like, okay, understanding her wiring, my wiring, you know, writing a book together, you know, people were always like, how in the world did you guys do that? And like, through a lot of prayer and a lot of me going, yes, babe, I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> and so, and having a, a publisher as an intermediary to kind of come in and go, I like this, I'm going to change that. So, one of the things we learned is Ginny is really good at teaching. She's very good at teaching, giving a point, giving the meat of a message and making sure that someone has something to walk away with, like a handle they can hold on to. Uh, me, I'm on the opposite end. I'm going, look, we need to tell some stories. We need to have some fun here. I'm guessing the reader is probably curious about this thing as the way this all shakes out. How does this, we got to like, everyone's gonna get bored if they just keep 
reading another point. It's like that pastor who just keeps with the points like, dude, tell yeah. me a story, get, get me like light up my imagination. So that was one of the big things that, um, that we learned through, through the writing process. And that, that was really, really good. Yeah. You know, you were talking about, uh, there's a lot of just yes and agreeing with her. I know some books you see an author and it's got the author's name and then it says with whoever some other person was. I could have seen this book saying, you know, the rhythm of us, uh, Jenny Gravy with Chris Gravy. Oh, know, just I told her all the time. I'm like, <laughs> you should be like in bold print in this thing. And like, I, I'm I'm okay with like um, nothing. Like, and and a cameo, bye. And, and she's like, no way, dude. Like, I'm like, all right, all right, fine. <laughs> That's fun, man. What about the aftermath? Uh, we talk about the process, but man, the book uh, rolls out. Like, what's something good, bad, or ugly that that came out in the aftermath that you're like, man, didn't didn't quite see that on the horizon when we were dreaming this thing up? Yeah, I think you know the interesting part is, um, and it's been interesting because um, you know working with a publisher and they have their process and how it all works, and you have never walked through it before, so you just don't know what you don't know. You're trying to learn and glean and. I probably lean <clears throat> well typically what happens is and you've you've read these everyone listening has read these books as have you and i someone is really there's either you're either a really good author or you're a really good marketer mm. typically you're not both so what happens is someone is a really good author maybe their book cover is not good and their title doesn't make sense but but the content inside that book is so good and most of the world's probably never going to see it or read it, you know, and if they do, it's because you've been doing it long enough and you've got an audience or it's the other way. Uh, someone's a really great marketer. Oh my gosh, that title, that title is so good. And that look at that cover and the, the colors and the art and the way they just, they just got me. But then you get in and there's just nothing of substance. There's nothing going on in the book. It's just like, ah, jeez. Mm. They they got me and they got everybody. So <clears throat> typically that's the case. And so what's fun for Jenny and I is like she's the author person. I'm more of the marketer person. And we're able to kind of let those two skill sets come to be. And so then, but then you add in a publisher and they have a process of how it all works. And so that was also Nav Press was our publisher, and then our distribution arm was Tyndale. And so learned a lot there, um, you know, and was able to leverage some of my Amazon learnings from being Amazon seller years ago to work with the publishing arm, to work with Tyndale to go, hey, have you guys ever tried this? They're like, no, we've never tried that before. I was like, well, let's go try it. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> so it was just great just sitting in multiple meetings with a publishing house who is a giant in the industry and getting to try some new and creative things. And so um, the exciting part was the strategy worked, but the unfortunate thing was, is, <clears throat> excuse me, Amazon ran out of books in literally like four days from wow. when, when we launched. And I, I kept trying to tell them I'm like, guys, I think this is going to, this is going to work. It's going to work. And so then what happens is you are riding the lightning. And so now it's like, I have to get books from the warehouse back because people don't know this, but, Amazon's only going to purchase a certain number of books. They're kind of like, you know, put their finger in the air and go like, well, we think this one, first time author, they've never, they're going to probably do X, Y, and Z. So they're not factoring in. And that's where the publisher and the distribution arm kind of work with Amazon to go, hey, we think we're going to probably sell more than this. So anyway, 
it was it's cool. It sold out. We got to um, we got to number two on the Christian what was it in Amazon uh, marriage Christian marriage or whatever mm-hmm. behind the five love languages. No one yeah. is knocking off the five yeah. love languages, <laughs> but we what I tried. I tried and we went all the way, which was, which was fun and which was great. But yeah, at the end of the day, man, it was, it was just a fun roller coaster ride and we're still doing stuff like we're, we're, we're putting together some resources and some tools. So yeah, I mean, we can share some of that while we're here today. Yeah, no, that's great. And definitely we're going to hop into uh, some of the actual meat of what the book was about, but I know a lot of our Improver Network members and and our listeners, they are very interested, like you said, in writing a book too. And so they're interested in this process. Uh, what inspired you guys to put this book together in the first place? Was there an event or was it just part of your story or was it just like, hey, uh, there's a need for this? Like, What was the main impetus that got you to say, let's put in the work and effort? Well, I think it was funny. And I think God just knew what... Um, what steps he needed to take to get Jenny to the place where she would say, okay, fine, we'll do a book. Maybe she didn't quite go, okay, yeah. fine. She's, <laughs> she's probably like, eh. So when I stepped out of my job at the church and started down this entrepreneurial path, we started a podcast. The podcast we have right now, it's called The Rhythm of Us. Uh, it was named something different at the time, but we decided in that time, people kept, we would interview guests similar to what we're doing here and people just kept wanting to hear from Chris and Jenny. Like, there's, there's, if you have a podcast out there, it doesn't take much to be the host, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. very, like, you don't, you, you can have opinions, but you're really there to, like, let the guests come yes. in and share their deal. So, it's it's a softball deal. You're throwing questions. Life's good. Like, you're not, I like, don't feel belittled at all right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, trust me, I've, I've been a host on multiple podcasts, so I get but you it. You are correct. You are. But what, correct. I, what I'm saying is, like, you, you, it's you're not. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, and I, I really have a problem when somebody is the host and they get into like teaching mode. It's like, dude, you've got like some expert on the other side. Just yeah. shut your mouth, ask the question, and let them be the expert. <clears throat> and that's where we had kind of found our we, look it's safe over here like we'll be the host this is fun we'll let mm-hmm. these authors and our friends and all these people who are just knowledge experts just come in and dump all their wisdom and knowledge on our on the people listening and it's great well everybody kept just saying hey we want to hear from chris and jenny like we we love you guys we love the interviews you're doing but we there's got to you have five kids like you sound like you really love each other like what's what's going on here and so we did like a little series on our podcast. It was like a three-part series of like some habits and some different things that we talk about, some practices we do in our family. And a publisher was listening to that. And uh, he reached out and was like, look, there, there's something here with you guys. And I don't, and we, we want to explore this and see what it would look like. And so we just went on the journey, we went through a bunch of prayer and a lot of like okay, if we were going to crystallize this message that is kind of our life and what we've learned from mentors and what we've discovered through our years, what would it look like? And so we ended up signing a two-book deal with them, and that's where the rhythm of us uh, became a reality. Man, that's that's fantastic. You know, I, I'm all about purpose and 
you know, people going out and doing something big. Cause I think we all do, like you mentioned, everybody's got that book. Everybody's got a message. Everybody's got that purpose yeah. on there. And a lot yeah. of people talk about just creating or deciding, but I like the the word discovering your purpose. And it's more like, Hey, it was out there. I just had to find it. And it's almost like this was a discovery for you. It wasn't like you were sitting around, Hey, what can we do to make some money? Or what can we do that would make us seem cool? It was, Hey, this thing kind of found us. And we discovered that this was part of the reason God put us on this planet was to to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was just kind of funny because um, <clears throat> you know when we kind of put the the idea the concept together of these five rhythms. I mean, we'll, we can dive into it here in a second. Just like we just discovered, like look, these are five rhythms that really helped us thrive through the years. And it was the publisher was like, this is different than any other marriage book we get pitched. We get pitched so many marriage books and they were like, you know, and it's fine, but it's like, you know, budgeting and in-laws and communication and ki-. like, it was, it's just, it's a different. So this was like just a very different approach, but cause Virginia and I like, we're not typically like running to the marriage books. Like we're mm-hmm. like not, not really <clears throat> running to the marriage book section of, of, if there's a bookstore in existence anymore, but (laughs) you know, um, so for us, it was like, we're going to probably do this a little different, but I think that's what has helped make the book have some success is that people wanted a different way to approach it and a different framework when it came to their marriage and maybe some struggles that they might have. Ma'am. Love it. Well, hey, let's take a quick break. And on the uh, backside of the break, when we get back, we will start unpacking some of the real uh, meat of the book and the principles uh, under uh, within Rhythm of Us and, and what that means. What what can the improvers out there, how can they improve uh, personally and with their marriage, especially? But I'm sure a lot of this applies not just to marriage. It's probably some overlap in other areas. And so this is going to be real good. So we're going to pause for a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by The Improver Network. Members of The Improver Network get exclusive access to bonus episodes of our podcast. Additional member benefits include educational content, encouraging community, and practical coaching to accelerate personal and professional growth. For more information about becoming a member, visit improver.network today. All right. Welcome back to the Improver Network podcast, continuing the conversation here with Chris Gravy on the rhythm of us. And we've really been talking a lot about the process and your uh, first person experience of writing the book and what happened before and during and after. But really, let's get into the content. There are some people out there that would love uh, to uh, know more about it, and obviously we want to encourage you to read it. Is this in an audio version as well, or do you just have the print? Or Yeah, it's in all audio. Okay. Kindle, you know, you can go read an old fashioned book if you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what I did. I've got the, uh, the paper book. Cause when I read, I like to dog ear pages and underline stuff. And, uh, that's how I kind of pull out the big points that are relevant, but, uh, yeah. So, so do I get it, to quiz you on what you took away from it? In some, in our time that today, that would not be the... a good idea right now. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm actually still working my way through it. So, uh, that's a good, but... that's a good Good safe bet yeah. there for you, brother. I'll, I'll leave you alone about uh, it. Uh, yeah, but I will, will tell you one thing I already like about it, though, and you kind of hinted at this earlier, is is that 
there's the pressure a lot of people who write growth books feel to just make it big enough and thick enough. And I don't know, I think there's this 50 to 70,000 word average out there. And so a lot of people are like, well, I, I got to stretch this thing out to make it more right. meaty. And I can tell you resisted the temptation to uh, just put filler and fluff right. in the book. And so I appreciate that. But uh, but for those who uh, maybe uh, haven't gotten the book yet or anything like what, let's give them some teasers here and give them some real stuff to help them improve, help them be better. Uh, just tell us something about it that you think is a really, uh, a really good sampler out of the book that, that people could take away today. Yeah. Well, what, kind of what we looked up and said, okay, you know, what, what are the habits? What are the rhythms is kind of the way we, we crafted it and coined it is, you know, what are the five? And then we discovered five rhythms of what kind of what I'd say a thriving marriage, but also can be a thriving relationship, you know, like use these principles and tools with your kids, with your coworkers. And so the five rhythms that we discovered were the rhythm of speaking life, basically using your words. And I, this is probably the cornerstone of like, you can do these other rhythms, but if you're not speaking life to each other, if your words are somehow tearing your spouse down or your coworkers down or your children down, then like they don't care how much you're doing the other things for them. The second one is the rhythm of um, serving. You know, there's there's power in serving somebody and kind of taking your eyes off yourself. And surprisingly, I didn't, you know, the other one, there's some other ones that are a little more exciting, a little more sexy. And so, but we've done a couple of retreats kind of preaching, teaching this message and people surprisingly like, I realize I'm not good at serving my spouse. Like I got to get better at serving my spouse and <clears throat> serving those people around me. And so that's one. The third one is the rhythm of slowing down in this world uh, that is so fast paced. Like we talk about the importance of just slowing down, not being hurried and getting time with each other. So that's, that was a big one. And then the last two is the rhythm of adventure. Going back a little bit, like we talked about before, this idea of not being mild, but staying wild, right? This idea that adventure doesn't stop after you're married or after you have kids. Like there's an adventure waiting for everyone around the corner. Now, what an adventure looks like to me versus someone else who's very calculated, uh, that that's okay. It's okay that adventure may look different, but at some point in level, there's an adventure that everyone, all of us are being called into. And we got to know that that's a rhythm that we have to practice and bring into our life. And then the last one was kind of a sleeper rhythm. It was one that kind of, we had the first four, we knew pretty clearly, these are things that have played out well in our marriage. But then we were able to finally crystallize one that was uh, so good. It's the rhythm of awe. Hmm. The rhythm of awe. I think people go, what does that mean? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, it means you posture yourself in a way that you are looking at the life, the people around you, and you're, you're inspired. It's you're having a moment of awe and you're posturing yourself in a way that you can see the beauty of everything around you. And so when you have that, you have those fresh eyes to be able to see. So like, you know, we, we know it when we see it, when you see a sunset or you see you're driving down a backcountry road there in Texas or here in Tennessee and you see a horse just running in a field. You're just like that. That is amazing. And specific when it comes to marriage, the way I kind of help people crystallize this idea of awe, this feeling of awe was 
we can all go back to the moment we got married and we walked down the aisle and we we saw our spouse it was just like oh my gosh this person is saying yes to me forever they're they're calling me theirs they're choosing me i'm choosing them there is a and then for for us it's a faith-based book right but all of these point back to the relationship that we can have with jesus mm-hmm. christ we can be in awe with him. We can serve like him. We can slow down like he did. We can go on major adventures and we can speak life. Ultimately, it's a great way to have that same relationship with our creator that we have with our spouse, that we have with everyone around us. Yeah, man, I really like that one. Um, are you familiar with six types of working genius that rolled out over the past couple of years? Patrick Lencioni and the table group. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, I know Lencioni, you know, yeah. all, all when you say that, I just hear the Budweiser real man of genius <laughs> that's that's what yeah that's he could probably uh, do something with that well he he re- released that book back in uh september and when he released this program i guess a couple of years ago i loved it so much i got certified in it but uh one of the my favorite things in that was there's six working geniuses but the first one was one i didn't even know was a genius it was the genius of wonder and this talks about how do you work and it was kind of funny when we started unpacking this with the team I would tell them like, yeah, man, when I go over and stare out the window into the abyss, we had a, a an office on a high rise. And so I would sometimes just go look out the window and I'm in my mind working. I'm thinking about vision and I'm wondering and I'm thinking about the awe of what could be. They thought I was just daydreaming and just taking a break. And you realize that, man, that's a genius. That's a really neat thing to spend time in awe and oh, wonder. Yeah. And so I love that you're talking about doing that uh, as a as a rhythm of marriage, because I think at the beginning you do have some wonder and awe about what, not just what is like, oh man, this is beautiful wedding and that's a beautiful bride, but also you're in awe of what you think is coming down the road and your wonder of what might be happening. And somewhere along the way, I guess we feel like life um, slaps us around a little bit. And then, you know, we think, oh, we stop dreaming, I guess, stop uh, being filled with awe and wonder. So I love that. So let me ask you this. When you talk about rhythms, though, what what does that mean? Because each of those five things, you could say those without necessarily saying rhythm. So you could say, hey, slow down or, hey, spend time at all. But why why do you have the word rhythm in there? And what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, we could say habits, you know, if, if you want, but I think it was just like, it's one of those things that was like, you want to be in rhythm. I think when, when I go to somebody and anyone who may be listening right now, who is in a relationship or married, if I say, Hey, are you in rhythm or are you out of rhythm with your spouse? Mm. Almost immediately and typically subconsciously or, or consciously, but everyone knows where they're out of rhythm in their marriage and in their life. And so it was a, the idea of the rhythms was to give people a framework that is a little different than, you know, some other way, like to, to look at your spouse and instead of saying, Hey, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. I need you to get better at whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a way that you can, instead of being across the table, pointing fingers at each other, you could be sitting next to each other on the same side of the table, looking at the center of the table going, hey, are we in rhythm or out of rhythm yeah. in this area of our life? And then you can have an honest conversation and your spouse may go, I think we're in rhythm. Oh, I feel like we're out of rhythm. Really? Well, how? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with me. How do we get in rhythm? 
I think I would love to see us try this, this, and this, or, you know, let's start with the rhythm of, of speaking life to each other. I think that's going to help facilitate these other pieces that we want to see there. And so really, truly, it was just a way to give people a framework and a, mm -hmm. and kind of a safe way to approach different conflicts in their marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense. I'm, I'm thinking about your speak life rhythm and, you know, it reminds me of that old joke and I'll butcher it right now, but something to the effect of the, the wife's like, well, you, you never tell me you love me. He's like, well, I told you once, if anything changes, I'll let you know, Well, <laughs> right. you know, well, that's the difference in saying, well, I spoke life before and the difference in, Hey, there's a rhythm of speaking life. Like, Hey, we oh, need yeah. to hear this. It's not a one and done thing. And so I do love that. And of course you mentioned the word habits. I think that's part of it, but, uh, but the rhythm, I don't know. It sounds a little bit more like there's a music to life. It's a little bit more creative and it's a little bit less scientific too, even though there's science in it. The idea of a rhythm is something that like, you, you may not always be able to put words to it, but if you say, Hey, do you feel in rhythm? It may, it gets into, it gets into that emotional piece too. So I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, in, at, our, at our core, we, we are spiritual people, right? I mean, we're, we're created by a, a mysterious, beautiful creator that is grander and greater than we could ever possibly imagine. And our, our hearts and minds can never fully grasp, you know, how majestic and amazing he is. And, you know, there's so many scriptures that talk about music and dancing and, 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 you know, like there's a freedom that comes to that, what comes mm -hmm. with that. And so you're right. Like these are guideposts, but for each couple, it's going to look differently. But the idea is like, Hey, look, let's, let's find that beautiful dance together where you can, uh, find that sweet spot and, and have a thriving marriage and have a thriving life. Yeah. Do you feel like these are five equal rhythms or do you feel like now one's more important or do these, are these sequential or build upon each other in any way? Or are they just like, Hey, these are five uh, different, but all important ingredients to the recipe. I think it depends on the season. I really do. I think it depends on the season that you're in. Like if you're blowing and going and you're just like, you know, that, in the most important thing you need in that season is the rhythm of slowing down. Like I gotta, I gotta figure out how to slow down. If you're, if you've been apathetic and you've not taken an adventure, you're going to, you're going to need some adventure in your life. And I think, but I think I, I, I do think, like I said, I think the rhythm of speaking life is, is just, is important. And I, and I think we, Jenny and I both would say it's like a cornerstone rhythm to, our marriage and to all these other rhythms, because like I said, you, you could go and you could say, Hey, I want to slow down with you. But if you're not speaking life, it doesn't mean anything. If you, mm -hmm. you could go over there and serve like crazy, you could just serve the heck out of your spouse, but you're not telling your wife how gorgeous she is or how thankful you are for her or speaking life to your children. They're, they don't want any, they don't want any part of it. So I, I will say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I'm, I'm a words guy, but I, I think you, you got to have speaking life in the mix mm -hmm. and then ultimately kind of just review the different stage that you're in right now to say, okay, what, what is the thing I want? Like, I need to remember, I need that awe, I need that wonder that you're talking about. And so I think it depends on seasons, but I would say if I was going to give weight to some, I'd give weight to the speaking life. Awesome. That was the answer I hoped you would give, but I didn't think you would. I thought you were going to say, no, they're all five equal. But for me, as I was listening, I felt like the speak life one because, 
you know, it's kind of like that, uh, yeah, you slow down, spend more quality time, go on an adventure. But if your words aren't building up and positive and there's negative energy and, right. you know, you're not uh, taking advantage of that. No, I love it, man. It's, uh, you know, it also ties in with that habits piece because, you know, in our coaching practice, we always say if you want your results to change, you have to change your habits and systems. To change your habits and systems, you have to change your actions and attitudes. To change those, you got to change your beliefs. And a lot of times our beliefs come from what is being put into our mind and in our heart? What are we listening to? And so by speaking life, you can, that to me, that is foundational to changing the habits and changing the other things you're doing. So I think that is fantastic, man. Well, is there, um, well, what's like maybe a story either in the book or not in the book, but when you think about this, that like, it just really, um, an instance where you saw this come to life and just have a lot of application for you. And you're like, man, the, th- that's part of what you, maybe you related to and writing the book, but what, t- tell me about a story that comes to mind for you here. Well, one of the fun stories that we wrote about in the book was, um, you know, I, I think sometimes as a spouse, you know, one's probably going to lean a little bit more towards adventure than the other. And I think you, it, it's comes down, all comes down to self-awareness, understanding the way you're wired and the way your spouse is wired and, and being cognizant of that as well. And so, um, specifically when it comes to the rhythm of adventure, you know, I am very adventurous. I always want to take adventures and Jenny's been gracious to join me on this wild adventure when she said yes to me many years ago. But a fun story is I was, uh, I was out doing some work. I was filming some stuff in Vegas and, my time is coming to a close and, you know, a lot of kids back home and, you know, if there's a parent who has holds down the fort, why another one maybe travels, you just know like how hard it is and how much you're counting down the days to when maybe not the days, like the seconds to when that other spouse is going to walk to the door and go, okay, tag, you're it. I need your help here, please. And so um, I was about to, I'd been gone three days and, I had gotten, I was, my plane was going to take off the next day. I was going to be back about the middle of the day. And, you know, I'd gotten an invitation. Someone was like, hey, I got this opportunity tomorrow in LA. And I was in Vegas. He was like, we can jump on a pretty early plane, get down there. Um, and I'm going to interview this person. And I was like, okay, well, who is it? And they're like, and I want you to do it. Like, I want, I saw what you did. I want you there. And I want you to, to facilitate this interview. And I said, okay, cool. Who is it? Well, first I didn't say cool. I said, first I said, who is it? And I'm like, then I got to call my wife. I got to make sure like, and it was like, it's Mike Tyson. And I was like, I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, so you're, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this interview thing tomorrow with him, but I don't want to do it. I'm not good at, I'm not as good as like interviewing like you are. And I need you to, so could you just do it? And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I called my wife and I said, Hey, look, like I've got to, this dude's going to throw me on his private jet in the morning. We're going to fly down to LA. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like seven hours later. I'll be on a, I'll be on the last flight flight into Nashville to come give you a kiss and a hug and help with the kids. But like, can you, are you, what do you think? And I had to be just open. If she was like, babe, I, we can't, we need you home. Like that, that was okay. But what was neat is like in that moment with the kids, she was like, heck yeah, babe. Like, go for it. Like, go, go, go have a blast. 
go on that adventure because she knows how much adventure is important to me and how much I enjoy it. And she also got to, it was also a way she got to model it for our kids as well to go, Hey, look, we, we value adventure and dad's on adventure. And I may not be on the adventure with dad, but I'm supporting him and encouraging him. And we're all in this adventure together. So, um, so yeah, I got to fly to Tyson's offices and interview him. And, and while I'm like getting ready before the interview, Dennis Rodman walks in the door. <laughs> so so I end up interviewing Mike Tyson and Dennis Rodman together at the exact same time. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Two of the most polarizing figures in sports. And yes. I'm and here and here I am. So that was just that's a fun story we share in the book and just the the importance and the and the power of adventure and not just going on adventure by yourself, but doing it to collectively together. And um cheering each other on and then sometimes doing it in lockstep. So, Man, that is fantastic. Really love that story. Well, look, a lot of this uh, deal about uh, rhythms and marriage and look, marriage is a blessing, but part of that blessing is you got to put work in. It is hard work, right? I mean, and it takes effort and intentionality, uh, all that. And so without minimizing the fact that sometimes you just got to roll up your sleeves and get to work to, to build a good marriage, we also do live in a age, obviously, where, man, we love apps and hacks and shortcuts. And so when you think about, well, yeah, uh, there's a lot of hard work, but there are some cool tools that are out there. There's some neat uh, things that you've implemented. Um, is there anything you could share that's like, man, here's a really neat thing I think a lot of people don't know about that uh, you know, can add a little bit of fuel to the fire there in the marriage? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think one of the things that... <clears throat> it may be more of subtracting things that adds fuel to the fire because mm. sometimes like I, I looked at, um, you know, I get that dreaded cause I just do so much work on my phone. I get that dreaded screen time mm -hmm. update every Sunday <laughs> in the morning. Like you spent this many, it was, it's like a, it's like a shameful thing that comes to me every Sunday. I'm like, Oh gosh, <laughs> I need to repent. Here we are. I spent so, so much time on my phone, right? And so it's the screen time, but you know, most of my life and work is done through that, but it is what it is. You know, you can justify it. And I just looked, I don't know. I, I looked at my screen time and I was like, okay, I, and I've had this like back and forth with social media and some people it's great and they use it and that's fine. Like for to each his own, mm -hmm. you know? And I just realized like, like, like back in the day when it was like, we're getting rid of cable. We're not getting rid of cable. We're getting rid of cable. Like we went on this like back and forth before there was ever streaming. And it was like, okay, we're done with cable. And we, we had no cable for, and still don't, but you know, now you can stream everything or whatever, but a long time is like, yeah, if you want a movie, that's it. That's all you get. So, mm -hmm. so I, I looked up and I thought, okay, I saw my hours of per day of social media consumption. And then a couple other, like, you know, realtor and other things i just love looking around i was like man i could get back i could get back a couple hours a day of my life that i could put into my family i could read i could be productive in other things and so one of the things i did was i just said okay cool i just needed to delete these off my phone and and it was it was it was amazing the headspace because sometimes i mean we don't even realize the crazy comparison game that we're getting into when it comes to 
social media and all that. So that that's one way it can help your marriage. I think the other thing is is like it's not a I wouldn't it's not an app or tool. It's just find time to sit together and just chat. Like one of the things we talk about, and I'll leave everybody with this, like and ask this question and see if they can quickly answer it. Um, one of the things you got to do is you got to get into the heart of your spouse and you got to figure out like, what are they dreaming about? And they may have been telling you and you may not have been listening, mm. but what I would say now for everyone listening here, do you know what your spouse is dreaming about right now? Do they, do they want to go on a trip? Do they want to go back to school? Do they want to start a little business? Do they want to pick up a hobby? Do they want to try, you know, whatever it is, like there's something and we, we call it bids. They'll, they'll throw a bid out, like driving by a coffee shop. Like, you know, it's maybe it'd be cool just to like start a coffee shop. I don't know. It'd be cool. I don't know. But like they're dropping little hints and they may not even consciously understand what they're doing. But as the partner of that person and someone who God has entrusted to listen to steward and champion that person, you know, it's you either let it pass, yet those seeds fall on the rocky soil. Or you say, okay, well, let, let me ask you another question. Let me water that. I've, I've heard you say this for the last three years. Mm. And now it's on me because I'm not somehow helping you unpack and figure out what that is. And so, um, so what I would say is I'd limit some things from a, from a technology perspective. I'd find some time to sit down together. If it's to look at that window you were talking about or over a cup of coffee and just like listen, talk. What are you dreaming about? What are you thinking about? And then ultimately, what is the dream of your spouse and how are you watering those dreams? Mm. Um, because I think you'd be surprised to see the fruit that could come from their life and ultimately for yours because you both are two become one. Yeah, man, that's good stuff there. Really, uh, really like that. And yeah, I could, I, that screen time thing is super convicting. I had to turn off that alert. It always came to me when I was sitting in church on Sunday morning, and I would see it all, even on my watch. I'm like, I don't want to be reminded of this right now. You know? It's like, it, well, you're yeah. you're sitting there in church. You're like, I got to go for prayer. What is it? Yeah, oh, screen, right. time. Screen, screen time. time. Screen time. <laughs> <laughs> that's Shoot. so fun, man. Well, uh, on your book, so you mentioned Amazon earlier, so I'm guessing people could jump on Amazon and, and get the book. Uh, are there other places that they can find information out about the rhythm of us and get the book as well. Yeah, we we actually have just launched. Uh, I think by the time this airs, you guys can check it out. We just launched a, a brand new quiz for couples to kind of figure out what rhythm is maybe missing in their marriage. So you can go take a quick quiz. It's a free resource and tool there. Jenny and I kind of share a little bit about like what happens if you're missing that rhythm and how you get into rhythm in that area of your life. So. All that to say is like, so if you go to marriagequiz.com, uh, it's a fun little quiz. It's completely free. Something we put together for everybody listening out there. Hopefully you find it a uh, value. Cool. And I heard you say earlier that you've done some retreats. Has that been one-off things like just locally with your church or is that something you guys are doing or is keynote speaking something you're looking for or what other things are you trying to do besides write and podcast? You know, it's funny, like I, the younger me, uh, when I was Chris from MTV, I, I loved <laughs> traveling and speaking. It was so fun. And it was it was the medium, right? Like if you were a Christian or an author or whatever, you just hit the road and you would go do events and you would speak. And that's how you – but now with five kids, it is uh, it is not an easy feat to uh, pack up, especially both of us together, 
and leave for two days, three days, whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. So we have done a couple retreats at churches and we actually just recorded our last retreat so that we could make those resources and tools available for churches so that they could host their own retreat and go through the content as they see fit. So that is something we're working on and, and probably we'll have that pulled together by the first of the year. Very cool. Very cool. Man, that's fun. Well, is there anything that you uh, hoped we would have talked about or brought up or something that we, that we didn't, anything else that you'd like to chat about before we wrap up here? No, I mean, I'm just, it's, I'm honored to be here, man. I really appreciate you, you having me on. And I, and I hope that um, for everyone listening, you know, no matter where you are, no matter, you know, what path you have or the dream that you have, that, that you, you do have somebody there that's loving you and supporting you and encouraging you. But if you don't just know that um, Jesus is crazy about you and he loves you and he wants to support you in your dreams. And I, and I would just say this too, also like as, Going back to that piece I said at the beginning where like I've got nothing left to prove, I, I think there there comes a place of peace and steadiness when you go put in the work and you can feel confident in the work that you've created and the results you've created and the people that you've impacted. And one of my greatest um, gifts in life is to serve somebody privately that no one will ever get to see publicly. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the sweetest, most amazing moments in my life because it, maybe it's a text, maybe it's multiple phone calls, maybe it's walking with somebody through something. But every time I read a scripture that talks about the secret life and what's done in secret, um, I try to make sure that what I'm doing in my secret life through friends and you know relationships, that is... Um, it's something that honors God, but ultimately has nothing to do with any public accolades or pat on the backs because I don't know, because yeah. there's, there's nothing to be gained. I think that's, that's when you really win. So I would just encourage everyone who's watching, like check your secret life and go do some work when no one can see it. And you'll be amazed at how fulfilling it is. Man, that's a good word there. That that was worth the whole podcast just for that line. That encouraged why we saved it for the end. That's why we <laughs> saved it for, for the, the end, end, bro. That's fantastic. Well, I know I've got uh, one, at least one, maybe two trips uh, in 2023 scheduled out to be in Nashville. Maybe I'll have to uh, hook up with you when we're up there and we can connect and uh, see something. I know I'll be up there uh, the end of May, beginning of June. So if you're around, maybe we can connect and uh, help you promote your third, fourth books that you got going. So, <laughs> so many books. I'll just say when when it's just my, it will be it will be Chris Gravy with, and it will be a ghostwriter. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> if, when it's just when my name's the big name on the thing, there will be a ghostwriter walking alongside me. I can guarantee you that, bro. Oh man, how much fun! Well, man, thanks a ton for joining us today. You know, here at the Improver Network, our mission is to make the world a better place by improving how believers uh, live, learn, work, and play. We're improving personally and professionally, and you really spoke some stuff in that I think uh, helps in all areas, but especially personally at home. And you know, if you're uh, listening out there today. Uh, hopefully this has been something that's encouraged you, equipped you, and enlightened you in a way that you're going to grow in your marriage. And look, if you can grow in your marriage, that's going to help your family out. That's one of the best things you can do professionally. Uh, when your things are off at home, they're going to be off at work. So this has been super helpful. And Chris, thanks a ton for uh, serving us here today by being on the Improver Network podcast. Hope to see you soon. 
Thank you for listening to this production of the Improver Network podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch future episodes. For more information about the Improver Network, visit us online at improver.network. That's www.improver.network. And connect with us on social. Until next time, keep getting better.